Hi, Jimmy here. Welcome to a special bubble episode of Shoulders of Giants, where we are going to have a spoilerific chat about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So please don't listen further if you haven't seen the movie yet. And just before we get to the main event, Sheppy's asked me to just drop in that we didn't mention that Mads Mikkelsen is the second actor to play both a main villain in an Indiana Jones movie and a Bond movie. He is, of course, joined by Julian Glover, who is in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and for your eyes only. This pod is for your ears only, and we hope you enjoy. Season three has always been my favorite. I first saw Buffy like 2000, 2001. But season three has always been my favorite and season two a close second. And I like Angelis and that whole feeling of season two. They really hit their stride and it's great. I always, uh, season three though, it has faith and I like that evil, you know, the master, Moriarty, evil person, Belloc, Pike, and also she's fit. So you've got faith in there and that's great. And then you've got the mayor, who, if, if it was a few years later and it was a big budget, it would be Will Ferrell. And the mayor has always been my favourite big bad, always. And yeah. seeing him now. And you know what? He's also, in some ways, very, very Gus Fring in his precise manner. And I guess he doesn't like germs and stuff. And he's clean um, and he's very professional. He's very good, I think, actually, at being mayor, just like Gus is good at running a chicken place. And so... I would, and also, frankly, spoiler, the death of both of them are not dissimilar. Um, and also, they each have a little sting. Like one is Gus's, like, two-face before he falls down after the explosion. And and in terms of Mayor Wilkins, he says, oh, my, in, in the form of that massive snake. And then he blows up. So there's similarities there. I could easily, a la Better Call Saul, see a Mayor Wilkins TV show, prequel show, where it's him and it's i can't remember how old he is at least 300 years so it's him how he becomes immortal what's his backstory and then seasons over the decades and centuries him establishing power him becoming mayor of a little dust town him fighting off other demons or you know it's like um, a, a mafia thing it's like fighting off power battles it gets into that he, he discovers like a miner he discovers um instead of fighting you know striking silver he strikes the Hellmouth and he builds Sunnydale around it. And then it's like Deadwood for a season or two, where he's like the, the marshal of this growing town in that era. And then it just like goes into like it builds up and it's like 70s and all the way through. He establishes himself as mayor. He, he fights off lots of rivals and has great big adventures. And then, you know, he hears about the Slayer and then it leads into the Buffy. I'm saying seven seasons. Could do it could be a pip. So there you go. There's a uh, vote mayor exclamation mark. Well, I vote love too, Jeffy. That's a great get. I do love him too. I you know what he turns up in Breaking Bad as well at a surprising moment. And he's like a, oh I can't remember whether he's a doctor for Waltz or something, but um Right. Yeah I'm sure I knew it at the time and then forgot both times. That's great. He's awesome. Uh, he's he's in um He's, he's in about Schmidt. Well. <laughs> he's brilliant. He's in about Schmidt. 
you have given a little prequel there that better call soul version of the mayor so i feel like i should probably just cheekily do a welcome 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 to Sean's wow. i'm jimmy by the way hello yes you are you are jimmy welcome indeed i am sheppy <laughs> we uh we are the what if podcast normally sheppy but today we're going to do a little bubble act talk about the latest indie movie and i don't really know your full deep reflections yet but before we get there any other biz sheps anything else you want to throw down i will say that i seen two more Christmas episodes of Only Fools and Horses. We're talking sort of 92, 93 Christmas after Miami twice took it to like epic levels. Um, and there's one which I remembered being better when I watched it originally, um, which was the one with the, uh, the the stalker or Dell Sphinx. It's like a fatal mm -hmm. attraction she, and is a dentist. And so it's the episode is date, uh, fatal extraction. Brilliant. Um, and, a, and there's a bunny boiler joke. This is like 92, so it's a while after Facial Attraction, but they do a bunny boiler joke and Dell comes home and it's bubbling. He's like, oh no. And he lifts off the lid and he's like, oh my God, Raquel, look at this. And he was like, and like, Albert's been washing his socks in the basin again. <laughs> and it's like, great, uh, good stuff. So it's good, but it wasn't, it didn't live up to, it wasn't bad. It was actually quite forgettable despite that amazing scene. But the other, Christmas episode involves them going uh, Dell gambling quite a bit, and that was good. And so I like I liked one more. Oh, I like that one. That's where they go gambling and they they come out as daylight, isn't it? From the yes, yeah. yes. I, I always think of that yes. as well whenever I go to a casino. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, and Dell's like, um, I don't understand it. Michael's so angry, and I'm working so hard night after night after night, all night at the casino, and she's still angry. I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. And yeah, it's good, but we, we've slowed it right down because we, we know that it's you know finite, and the best, frankly, is behind us. Nice, Sheps. Well, um, I am yet right. to re-engage, but I'm enjoying the vicarious live of the Trotter Boys. I, I have two things, by the way, for you before we get into the meat of it. One, have you seen a show called Happy Valley? Have you heard of that? I saw the first season uh, years ago, actually, like 2016, I would say, I saw the first season with Thingy Lancaster. Yeah, she's amazing. Really good. Yes. We've only just started watching and my mum put us onto it. And um, But one of the things that just appealed to me was they did these two back in the whatever, 16s or whatever, 15, 14, 16. And then they waited for the kids to grow up so they could finish it off proper. And they did the third oh. and final season this year. So we're on the third and final season right now, and it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Okay. Yeah. Do you it's think, just... I mean, there's, there's so much stuff that we're still oh, watching yeah. and still I... haven't watched. But I would say, yeah, I mean, I would oh. consider if I could be watching the first season, watching with March and then do all of them. Nice. Yeah, but I just wanted to lay it down as something new that I was watching. I just thought it was quite cool. And I mean, Sheppy, whatever happens, please don't take anything other than you just need to get to poker's face, poker face as far as I'm concerned. Right, yes, as, yes. So, so don't take that as a recommendation. Just take it as a Jimmy's happy. And then, <laughs> and then um, the other thing was just for G's B-Day last week, we watched Moulin Rouge oh. Musical. And uh, I don't know if you've... Um, oh, what, you went live? Yeah, like it's... Uh, it was interesting, man. Are you a fan of the movie? I haven't seen it for at least 15 years. Mm. Um, 
So maybe I'll, I'll feel differently about it now. But I always really liked it very much. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And I. Speaking I of Buffy, I will quickly say I was binge watching season five of Buffy with Norton at Norton's place over like a long weekend. And, and that's a very dark season where Buffy has a horrible time. And then we went and saw Moulin Rouge to take a break from Buffy, which really, so we had a very, we, we called that for years, the depressing weekend. So that's just my little <laughs> crossover contribution to that. But I, I always really liked it, bottom line. Me too, man. And it sort of, it did flag a little bit the difference between theatre and stage, and uh, theatre and screen, sorry, and just, you know, Kidman, I really took away how good Kidman is in the movie because to your point, Shep's like, you know, she is sick the whole way through that movie and they tread a really good line between her being ill and being, you know, in love and sort of all that. And, like, you know, it stretches credulity a wee bit when there's a big song and dance number on the stage. And then, yes, but I've also got consumption or whatever it is as well. You know, <laughs> it's got like a sort of a symphony type undertone to it. But, um, but, you know, the production was amazing. Like walks into the theatre and it's like boom, boom, boom. And you're like, you're in Moulin Rouge, the lights are on. Like it's really cool. Like, you know, they yeah. did a brilliant job of it. Really brilliant. It was really cool. And uh, I was I, I was overall really impressed. Uh, I went in a bit exhausted because it's G's favourite movie. I was like, I've seen it too many uh, times. And so I was thinking, oh, I've just got to get through it a bit. But honestly, I left thinking I quite fancy watching the movie again reasonably soon. Like, uh, 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 they interpreted different things. They did different things. It was uh, nice, nice. I assume Lerman was heavily involved. It fe you feel it. Definitely feel it. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. They, they nice. do newer songs and stuff as well. They, they, they throw in some new ones. And oh, cool. that's good. Yeah. And were the people like were Ewan and Nicole good? Yeah, they're not on the same level, and that's what you right. mean. Like Nicole Kim is doing so much that's awesome in that that you take for granted. I think a bit like right. do you know what I mean, and right. just, yeah, I think people have always taken Nicole Kim for granted, uh, maybe because of the mixed bandits, but that always raised her up for me. I saw that <laughs> at the cinema, uh, so but yeah, maybe because of that, maybe because she. Navy was like Mrs. Tom Cruise, and that didn't help. I don't know, but for whatever reason, I don't know if people, even though she's won an Oscar, people, I don't think it'll be think about how good she is. So yeah, and and you know, it doesn't help that she won an Oscar for you know having the false nose. And Denzel Washington, you know, when he went out the the award winner, was like, "Fire nose, the Kinman for the hours." <laughs> oh no, so. Because she's so unrecognisable, behind that nose. Um, yeah, that's, that's a shame. Yes. That's a shame. So there you are. But good old Nicole Kidman. And I'm glad you went to see that, though. It sounds like a, a, a good experience. Mm -hmm, Sheps, it really was. It really was. But I also, obviously, saw Indy last week, too. Segway. Come on, Sheps. Professionalism. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a segue. I don't know if it's worth pointing out it was a segue. It was pretty <laughs> perfunctory. It wasn't speaking of words. Here are some more words. <laughs> but sure. Speaking oh, of the indie God. music they used in Moulin Rouge occasionally. Oh, God. Um, now, Sheps, I'm going to do something I've never done before in the entire history wow. of Shoulders of Giants. You braced. Um, literally, as I was just waiting for this meet to start, I was scrolling around on the bead. And there's a little article here from Nicholas Barber of the BBC, 
And I just thought it was a lovely way to intro what we're going to talk about, right? He's talking about, you know, the reliance on geriatric action stars, you know what I mean, at the moment, and and Cruise is oh, 61 right. in Mission Impossible. So I'm just going to quote this gentleman, because I think it's quite nice, right? The main selling point of The Flash was the return of Michael Keaton, 71, as Batman. Sylvester Stallone, 77, and Dolph Lundgren, 65, will soon be in the fourth Expendables film. Arnie, 75, has a hit action comedy series, Fubar, on Netflix. Liam Neeson, 71, will be in Retribution in August. Denzel, 68, will be in Equalizer 3. It's insane, isn't it? They're all spring chickens compared to Indiana Jones himself, Harrison Ford, who turned 81 last Thursday. Holy bloody moly. 81. It's amazing. I literally looked at just before you came online, which is really nice. So I just thought I'd throw that in because nice scene setter for this like sheps what's your real thoughts on dial of destiny talk to me i can't wait well first of all that's lovely um i don't know just to the point of like old stars nothing really new ultimately we grew with you know we saw clint eastwood's cowboy get mm -hmm. old you know without that much of a gap in between um and john wayne and so forth so People make, might make a big deal of it, like we're relying on old things, but I, I think it's kind of natural. We're living now in a world where these actors have been taking really good care of themselves for years and decades, and they still want to do it. So it's, it's and, and also they're playing age specific, you know, he's playing an old Indiana Jones, so it totally works. Can I point out something about Dial of Destiny? Yes. Uh, and also, whilst we're talking about clues for a second, and this is my segue, um, in I haven't seen Mission Impossible Fallout Part 1 yet. I know you have, but I will say this. I understand there's a great big car chase um, and with this little beaten-up yellow car, and it seems to me very pure eyes only, which I like. That's nice. And also in indie, Dial of Destiny, we have this tuk-tuk chase, um, and it seems to me very octopusy, uh, even with them going down the stairs and everything. So I just want to point out that similarity, double, uh, to say hooray. That's very nice. Yeah, I agree. It is lovely. And lots of, yeah, yeah, I, it must be homage, right? They can't think... Well, the yellow it. car must be. I think ultimately, you know, I, it, I don't necessarily think they went, oh, do you remember Octopussy? <laughs> going on a tuk-tuk down the streets like they were and going downstairs is just natural. So I wouldn't say that's a homage. I think it's a coincidence, but a nice one. And that's my with, thought. Spoiler free, I will just say actually the dynamics, funny enough, are quite similar in to your eyes only with that yellow car. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. for your eyes only, it's definitely a reference, I would say, from McQuarrie, uh, from McHugh, um, certainly. Um, but I, so to make that clear, yes, one is a homage and one is a nice little coincidence, I would say. In my and when, when so you am I, I think it will justify its own bubble. I just leave it at that, Shep. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I'm all for it. Um, yes. Um, friend of the podcast, Robin the Pop Potter and his son have been watching the Mission Impossibles. Um, and that's been a, a very nice experience, I believe. And I've been living vicariously vicariously off that just a little bit which sounds great so i'm waiting for feedback as to how fallout part one went down so yes 
So shout out. And I'm going to say it's Dead Reckoning Part 1, Sheps, as well. What did I say? I think you said Fallout Part 1. I think that was on the Oh, you one. see, so um, yeah. I am bad at get, um, the names. I take, I've got Ghost Protocol, but then, yeah, Ben Rogue Nation. Yeah, it, 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 they don't it's stick in my mind. Don't they? Funny. It's like the Planet of the Apes trilogy. I forget which one's which. <laughs> yeah, I need a number. <laughs> Um, yeah, and we don't have a number for Indy Five, Shep. It's the fifteenth segue. Dial of Destiny. That that's a good segue. I like that. And <laughs> you don't need you know Indy. They are pretty few and far between. So I'll remember the, the Dial of Destiny. I've never been a huge fan of that title, as Indiana Jones titles goes. But yeah, good. Um, for the record, and I think we're in agreement on this. Just uh, right out the gate. I think this is better than Crystal Skull, um, but, you know, not in the same league as the original trilogy. Uh, I, do you agree with that? A thousand percent, Sheps, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen Crystal Skull since with you. Was it 2008 in the cinema? Yeah. Uh, I know you've seen it within the last year or so. Um, my brother didn't see it for a long time and he saw it on a plane and then saw it again I think to give it the benefit of the doubt but it was bad uh, it is just generally I think regarded as bad and it's not going to be suddenly I hope not but suddenly some people go you know what give it a chance I'm sure some people do and I'm sure some people love King Kingdom of the Crystal Skull I don't want to revisit it um, just because, and from what I hear from, from various people including yourself it's worth so, so with that in mind, I was hoping that Dial of Destiny would be as good as it is, and it was, so I'm happy. You said something about Three Star. I would say it's really tricky in terms of Three Star. I think I have to give it Four Star, but mm. it's, it's yeah, I think so. The thing is, if Crystal Skull didn't exist, uh, I wouldn't be as tainted, and so I perhaps would have been more open, so therefore I would give it four more readily. Maybe. Or maybe because I have been tainted, but I'm aware that it's better than that. So maybe if Crystal Skull didn't exist and then this came out, I wouldn't like it as much because it was living up to the Last Crusade, not Crystal Skull. I don't know. I don't know how that would play out. But in the world we live in, I was hoping for not shit. I was hoping for good, and I actually had faith in Mangold. He's all, he's a massive genre hopper, and I knew he would want to, you know, do it justice. And for the most part, he did. There was, you know, a bit of, a, a, still a bit too much CGI, which didn't sit in an indie film for me. But, you know, it's like Bond, it's like Die Another Day. I don't, it doesn't work for me um, in that, in that I would rather smaller scale real explosions and shit but anyway that's my initial takeaway but i would say i think i have to give it four just because it's it's good you know it's 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 hitting indie it's you know it's it's trying so hard harry all of that elevates it um so i think i'm gonna go four yeah but again i'll give it some months and i'll see it again i'll see it again in some months and see um, how it goes, because there are a lot of faults, and I want to say this up front um, because I will be talking about the things I didn't like, and 
you know, but I don't want it to sound like I'm just nitpicking and being negative because ultimately it's really trying to be a good Indiana Jones film. And, um, and I like, by the way, let me say that it's not time travel. They're just finding basically rips in the fabric of time and you can go through them, which works. They understand that it, if it was a time machine with Indiana Jones, it's like the aliens not being aliens, but they come from between atoms or something. It's, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, okay, all right, I'll, I'll go with it, I'll go with it. So what about you? Uh, well, I was just going to say, I feel like when you said three star there, Shex, I was sort of like, I was going to bite my fist because I've, I've revised my uh, thoughts, oh. but I, I'm going the other way. I'm going to tell you, I think it's the best two star I've ever seen. That's where I landed. Okay. I wow. Feel I've gone down. And, only because we, I was heady. I was straight from the flicks when I said that. And I was sort of so relieved it wasn't one that I was sort of like yes. you know, head in the clouds a little bit and and like you say it tries so hard it's got so many lovely flourishes he's he's really delivering isn't he as a board and so is Mangle yes. there and so many just tiny indie little moments that I'm looking forward to watching yes. again like particularly on the track and again beginning. a lot of direct homages and references a lot a lot um, yeah. I think yeah and again letting the first viewing kind of wash over you is important I think but um I'm you know I'm glad you know did you in your in your viewing was it a crowded uh, screen not probably a third a third full okay. but we were like Thursday afternoon lunchtime right. like you know what I mean no one's going yeah. there just the oldies was it a good crowd yeah, it was fine. There was some, there was some chuckles, you know. Mm. It's a funny film like that, isn't it? It's really, it really plays for us. It's a real fan film, yeah. quite unapologetically, isn't it? Like, it's yeah. not barnstorming. I want to say. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's got good action and it's good and it's meaty and it's got the traps and the blah 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 and good yeah. moments and stuff. But you know, like. They roar out loud moments in Last Crusade, aren't they? I appreciate there aren't those necessarily in Temple of Doom and stuff, but it's just like, you know, it's just interesting. Like, you know, it's it's not got like the, you know, the floors on fire or you know, sun they got us or the like no. that kind of quick. There isn't. You're right. There are lots of nice Spielbergian like visual jokes and gags and tricks and, and gizmos and things, and that's nice and funny visual things. But in terms of, yeah, like you say, I mean, Last Crusade is, you know, it's, it's borderline comedy and that's not a bad thing and it's genuinely funny. And like you say, the, the sparkling banter and so forth. Um, yes, yes. Um, but, you know, there is, there are funny bits in Temple of Doom, definitely. And there are really funny bits in Raiders. And that you're right in that there probably isn't even one equivalent beat in this which is as funny as any of those. So, so yes, I would agree. Again, I would need to see it again, uh, which I will at some point at, in the future. I'll let it settle. And again, be was it packed for you, Was this? Um, I think so. Well, it was busy. It was. It was. It was certainly already. 70 percent yeah um maybe more well i'm gonna say about 70 percent for sure 
and it was and it was generally a good crowd. There was one puncher behind me, um, and, and at the end was like me 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 a little bit, but that's that 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 was okay. <laughs> generally, it was fine, and and a couple of times someone was like. That's from the other film. <laughs> it's like okay, fine, but you know that's that's what you get. It was generally a good crowd, and it was a nice atmosphere. That's I was the uh, I was the embarrassing one a bit, Shep. So I had a couple of snorts out loud, but I, a bit oh, that's good. the one I particularly loved pieces, and it's actually like probably in the top twenty favorite indie moments now. Is just uh, when, when there's eels in the water. And the kid goes, they look like snakes. And just Harrison Ford's line, let everyone, no, they don't. <laughs> just really <laughs> lovely. Really happy. That was just great. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> what did well, you I'm glad, and I'm glad you snorted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it, I mean, it, it tried the, his interplay with Phoebe Waller-Bridge was good, and I liked their dynamic and everything, but I, I do think she just stepped over the line of it almost being Phoebe Waller-Bridge and the Dial of Destiny. It was just a little bit too much in that space. A like only a big toe in the wrong direction, but it was in the wrong <laughs> direction and it was over the line for me a little bit. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. totally. I get that. It's not her fault. No. Um, no. But, I, but I will say what is her fault is that she is Phoebe Waller-Bridge and watch, seeing her massive smug head for that for the first half of the film, and again, this isn't her fault, and I knew that the character would redeem and get more likeable, but in so smug uh, for the first half of the film, um, so punchable, um, and I, I, if I had never seen Fleabag, I don't know if I would have survived it, or at least recovered from it, and, you know, and I don't think I would have liked her throughout the entire film, but, you know, hanging on to knowing the Phoebe, I was like, okay, just, you know, okay, let's get through it. Can I also point out something? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and all of my observations, bear in mind, of course, I saw this film about three weeks ago, and I did write down my my observations, like, around that sort of time, maybe two weeks ago. But, um, so, but I might be wrong about certain things, or someone could say, ah, but um, with, correct me if I'm wrong, Phoebe, you know, runs out of the office when the nasty men arrive and shoot the secretary and shoot the other person. And she jumps out the window and she closes the door and locks Indy so he can't escape. Yeah, She's yeah. leaving him there to die, right? Now, does she know that these people are 100% killers? Or does she just think, like, oh, Indy's going to get arrested? Because it seemed to me she was like, see ya, and knowing that he was totally fucked with these people just shooting everyone. So it's, and, and then when they met later, it's like, oh, hello. And no one cares, either of them. So, so that seemed weird to me. One other thing is they totally forgot about Indy being wanted for murder or something, and it was never mentioned again. And then he's home oh. at the end. Oh. And it's like, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, during that whole bit where Phoebe leaves Indy supposedly to die and Narcos Man is shooting everyone and Big Man is shooting everyone, and the CIA chief comes in, or whoever he is, right? He's CIA, right? And he's on crutches. I don't know who he is, um, but he comes in, and he seems to be an okay guy. And then Indy kicks over the, the big bookshelves at Domino. They, they kill him, right? I mean, it seems like it... Now, maybe it's like a Porkins, does he die or not, with the plane, but it seems to me he totally gets killed. 
was he a goodie? Did Indy just kill a goodie? Is that was that meant to tie in to the plot of Indy being on the run for murder, but then they just totally forgot about all of it? I don't know, but that's how it seemed to me. Yeah, that's great, Sheps. I'm glad you remembered all that because I remember feeling all those things in the moment. Mm. <laughs> I think that's really poor, honestly. It's it's so that 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 was weird to me. The the black female CIA agent. I just couldn't work out if she was meant to be a goodie or a baddie because she seemed like she was a goodie in how she was talking and what she was apparently thinking. But then she was surrounded by Narcos Man and Big Man who were murdering these people in the film who took great pains to show us brutally murdering these nice, innocent people. And then she's like, whoa, wait a minute. It's like, well, so, okay. So then it kept happening and she's like, what? what again oh no and you're like well okay so are you i don't get it and then on the plane narcos man just shoots her and she's all surprised and it's like <laughs> well what on earth were you expecting i'm amazed you lasted this long <laughs> then she fucking dies um and it's like oh no and i'm i couldn't care less watching i'm like serves you fucking right what on earth are you yeah. So I don't know what if she was meant to be a goodie. I assume she was kind of meant to be seen as a goodie. I'm so glad you're articulating all this shit. I felt exactly the same way. Constantly compromised. Constantly <laughs> compromised. It's ridiculous. Very strange. And it was Very so strange. complicated when it didn't need to be that at all. Did yeah. it? it could have just been the nut that she doesn't need to be there with those guys. It's so stupid. No. It was very strange. Again, maybe she was meant to have a larger character and then they just sort of I don't know, gave up on it. Very strange either way. Um, I will also say, whilst we're shitting, that um, the idea of the arms, you know, of the moon race and Neil Armstrong and the parade, and that's where we are, uh, is lovely. And then the idea of the horse chase, chick with the motorbike and the horse motorbike chase with Indy on the horse through the parade is great and all the ticker tapes. Um, and it happens, and they pass, and he has that nice moment with Armstrong and, and Aldrin and everyone in the car, and it's like, okay. And and then he goes underground on the subway, and then he does a running on the tracks and does a cool jump with the horse, with the train. And it's like, okay, why isn't any of that as good as it sounds in theory? Because mm. it's like, did they not make enough use of the setting? Like, they're riding, and first of all, it's great effects, but it is obviously, like, but it's like, okay, he's doing it, he's being chased by the motorbike, but he's not really doing anything with his surroundings, I guess. Like, I don't know what he could do, but I don't know, kick up some ticker tape in someone's face, I don't know. Yeah. Just, you know, he runs <laughs> through it, but then they go into the subway, and then, again, it's like, like nice seeing you jumping over the styles and everything, and, you know, going on the tracks. But then, again, maybe because it's obviously CGI, the whole thing, even this shot of Harry... And it's like, bonk, his face on this horse in the thing. And it's like, okay, well, if, if that's the best you can do, then just don't have that shot, you know? Just don't have and, and But it's all, you know, the train's coming, but it's it, it's all like a computer game. And you're like, okay, so maybe that's it. I don't know, but for whatever reason, that whole thing wasn't as good as, as, it, as I wanted it to be. Um, so, so that's a shame. And there's other little things like that. I'm not going to point out each one individually because I've probably forgotten about them. But you know, it's it, there's, there's the other one I'm just thinking of now and I hadn't remembered till just now is just with the 
when he's with Banderas in the boat and they make a big play of like, you've got to be down for X time, otherwise you get the bend, two minutes or something. Oh, yeah. Something like that. You know, it's a specific time they're allowed. And they go well over it. And there's no play on it. It's just like, okay. Right. Oh, well, you know, maybe it's another for your eyes only homage because when he goes down deep and he keeps saying when they're getting the ATAC deep underwater and more is like, don't speak, only only speak when necessary, conserve your oxygen. Then he spends the next 10 minutes being like, look out over there, there's a bit of a, a rusty nail. And, oh, look, they didn't treat this wall very well. Now let me see what's going on over here. And it's like, Jesus Christ, more. So... I think it's a sneaky homage. <laughs> I did like Mickelson, though. I thought he was a good baddie overall. I really oh, like right. his yes. energy. Let's get into that, because yes. I, I thought he had a good... Well, before we do, before we get into the mads of it all, um, the mad men, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Before we get that, because you mentioned Banderas, I will say, very nice to see him. He was very high build in the end credits. I don't know if it was alphabetical or not. He was very high build. He died very quickly, very obviously. You know, the guy who had the gun and he stood up saying, you cannot do this. It's like in life and certainly in films, that means you're going to get shot. You know, what do you think you're doing? Bang, you're dead. And it's like it wasn't shocking because it was obviously going to happen. But it was like, what's the point? You got Banderas. If you did kill Banderas in a shocking way and you do a kind of a psycho in that you set up, oh, it's Banderas. And then he gets killed like, you know something, Dr. Jones? You're absolutely right. Bang, shocking moment. That would work, but it didn't. He was like, ah, you've got bang. He's like, obviously. So it felt like, well, what, what, what was the point of that character? And because it was Banderas, it was like, well, what was the point of any of that? Mm. So so that was a shame a little bit to me. I agree, man. Yeah, it felt nice. I have to say, I didn't feel that one as much as the others in terms of the picks of nits. Only because I was just enjoying the meat of the event. I was in. Like, do you know what I mean? I, yeah. All the stuff you're saying as well, I agree with it. I was in as I was going, as I was trudging through the, yes. the, the ticker tape and the sludge of the bottom of the ocean. I was in. I was with Indy on the adventure and happy. I like seeing Indy underwater. We haven't seen that before. And yeah. I like the whole eels and the scary, you know, that was the scary creature bit. Um, yes. Um, I will say that earlier on when he's giving that lecture in that shitty university, um, and he says, like, there, there are these, like, big claws coming up, picking up boats from the ocean. And I was like, oh, okay, Archimedes designed this cool thing. And then he's on a boat later, and I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be some great big machine boat thing that's going to, like, ma- operated by Mads, it's going to pick them up. And no, never mentioned again. Like, well, why well, don't mention it in the first place? And I thought that whole, I loved the fact that he was boring them to tears as a juxtaposition of raiders and stuff, whereas it's the opposite. And that's really nice. That's fine. But it's so on the nose that he would be talking about Archimedes then and there. She comes in and starts giving the answers. Really? Right. You know, you don't need that. Go to the side. Don't make it that obvious. But, you know, what happens to be, that's what the the whole MacGuffin of the movie is. And he's talking about it in this, his last ever lecture. And then, like, oh, come on. Yeah, that's true. That's that's a very good point. So there you go. Also... (laughs) they, maybe they did this in the edit, but Mads knows where they're going. They're not going back to um, Alexandra. To, um, they're going somewhere else. And Mads knows this because he's looking and then he says, and you never see his lips move. So maybe ADR, I don't know. But you hear him say, he's not going that way. He's going in a different direction. And they're like, right. 
could he not have just said like, oh no, there was a tracking thing on the boat, but it was his boat anyway. So just easily say that, oh, he tracked us, look, there's beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Instead of just this weird thing where like, ah, they're not going east. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's how they catch up with them in the city. Like, you know, it's like, come on, have a tracking thing. That's all you need. <laughs> um, I do so I, this has just popped in there, so I'm going to say it. it's out of order and out of context, really. But I do love that the little kid took out the big guy. Um, it just, it just okay. made me think of that when they did catch up to him. But anyway, more importantly, um, yes, that's ridiculous. And they make a big show of them changing course of the boat for him to watch that as well, which is ridiculous. Um, did you the like that? The big guy oh. death actually oh, annoyed yeah. me. Oh, did he? Uh, oh, yeah. Because I quite like that. Well, it, it annoyed me that he's pretty, he put his keys in front, right in front of the kid, and then was surprised when the kid picked his pocket. He was right there. That's really stupid. Um, and then, I don't know, I guess because I like big, strong villains who are much stronger than the hero, and at some point they have to fight, I was just disappointed that he just got murdered in a really horrible way by the kid, who, you know, I never particularly warmed to either so I was like oh what a waste of like a strong villain I thought he was going to turn up you know with like the grating which he like pulled off like still hanging from the handcuff um but he didn't. so I was a bit disappointed by that if we talk about disappointed deaths I will say first of all Mads amazing can I ask about Mads at the beginning on the train and I like that whole opening sequence which we'll be talking about here. well my only thing is he gets smacked in the face, right? Like, he's bomb, dead. He's dead. He's dead. So I was thinking, oh, so the Dial of Destiny brings him back to life or something? Or, and then he pops up later. He's like, I've been teaching in this shithole college as well. I was like, all right, fine. But he's not even scarred. No. I don't get it. I don't no. understand. Stupid he's, decision. Have twin? Have him fall off the train. I was like, I just, what? Again, it's, it's like so they spent money. Weird. They spent money on the effect to show us that he gets twonked by this metal thing, like Allah, in one of the references in this case, Last Crusade. Which, by the way, the nice John Williams music for the Last Crusade train bit, as well as the bit with Indy going down on the horse from Raiders. You know, that's that thing. It's very nice. Oh, that's very nice. But yeah, it's like he gets twonked right in the face, bonk, and his CGI body flies off. He dead man um so that's weird it's a weird okay. choice also i will say on the flip side with toby jones i have become so conditioned that when there's like a slow build-up with someone with a gun pulling the trigger on someone and he does it with the nasty german man and it's this huge thing i'm so conditioned to think it's going to go click and the gun's going to be empty so when it actually fired and hit him i was like oh it was a twist <laughs> and i liked it and then indeed you know, it was like, oh, Victor will go the spoils, which I thought was a bit wanky and unnecessary. But then bonk and kicked him off. Uh, so I was like, that's nice. Um, so so I was I was a fan. I thought Toby Jones that. was good. I thought he delivered yes. his little couple of scenes. Yeah, he, yes. he gave it a little Certainly. bit of class. I thought, yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Um, what do you think then, of course, about the the whole de aging? effect um how does this work because apparently they they achieved this in a different style to say marvel um in that they went to they scanned harry's face now but they also went through hundreds of thousands of hours of lucasfilm footage from all over years um and then created it that way from pre-existing 
and into the lighting. I, I think on balance, I loved it, Shex. I thought it was great, and it was probably my best bit of the whole movie because of all the touches and, like you said, the little yeah. score flourishes and the. And secretly, of course, we all want a bunch of Indiana Jones films with Ford age-appropriate set during the Second World War. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So it's nice yeah. to have that on some level. Did the did the effect? Well, therefore... I, I thought the effect was fine. A couple of little uncanny moments weren't there, but. On balance, I thought they did it really well, but they could have spent the money on the voice as well, right? Uh, it was still old Harrison Ford. Right, right. right. Did they need to have that? I don't they didn't. Weird. They could have modulated. Yes, that's valid. That's very valid. Whatever, you know, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So the, 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 yes, there was one bit specifically where he sniffs the uh, soldiers, like coffee quote-unquote and it's alcohol and it, and it, i guess he's like pretending to be the, mm-hmm. the you know superior officer smelling alcohol you're drinking on duty i think that's the whole thing but it didn't work and it clearly and you know his face was like, wah, 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 and like i don't know what emotion i think it's meant to be like ah i've caught you at it but that's not what this face is doing that i'm seeing before yeah um so that that was striking to me that that shouldn't be cut because it wasn't working um Nothing. But I like that. That whole sequence was great. Him being hung, hanged, and um, yeah. that whole bit was great. Um, and then down onto the train. Um, Mads getting smacked in the face and not giving a scratch, which is weird. Um, I. The other thing is there's a big gun on the train, which then gets hit by the bomb, I think, from the plane. And so that's why it bends and gets fucked up and shoots. And so Indy ducks and it shoots off all the soldiers hanging from the side of the train. That's great. And again, a bit of a Raiders and again, very satisfying. But I can't help but be like, it's pure. Maybe again, it's a subtle reference to Raiders. But if Indy wasn't there, it seems like all of this would still be happening. Yeah. So with that in mind, it would be nice if like Indy had lobbed a grenade and that's what set the gun you know, to get fucked up yeah. and shoot off. That, that just would have been more satisfying for me personally. Um, so that's fine. And then, of course, you know, it seems fairly quickly they jump off the train and then they get out and it's just swarming with English troops. And you go, oh, hello, chaps. You know, well, that's that again. Well, did you need to even be there or jump off or what, what's going on? But fine, nice, nice. Generally, I did like the whole sequence. Yeah, me too, man. I think it's really well done. Uh, on balance, for what they could do with an 80 year old fella, they did pretty yes. bloody amazing, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that's not even a thing. I mean, the, the, the effect and, and, and all of that and how they achieved it is one thing. But, you know, I'm thinking also just the motorbike going down the hill chasing the train, clearly CGI. Um, and, and it's like, okay, yeah. you know, do not have just a stunt man. Get, yeah. get Vic Armstrong's son and send him <laughs> down a hill at night on a, on a motorbike and just get that. Um, don't show us this shot where you're whizzing along next to the bike and it's like, I don't care, it's not real. And I can see that it's not real. And I don't like that in most films, especially in the other Jones. So, so, that, so I had problems like that. What did you make of the Salah of it all, Sheps? Oh, that was lovely. It was nice seeing Salah. Uh, he still had his fez, which was great. Uh, <laughs> made sense, him living in New York. Um, you know, I yeah. liked his contribution. Uh, I guess I liked, give him hell, Indiana Jones, I suppose. 
I didn't watch any of the trailers, but since seeing the film, I watched all the trailers. Glad I did, and I'm now listening to all the full details. It's nice. Um, so I did the Conan one, by the way. Great. I'm so happy for Crawley. But in any case, all of this, um, I, I liked Salah, and I liked him popping up at the end with the grandkids singing his Gilbert and Sullivan. Um, so, so yes, yes, very nice. Very nice. And did you? Uh, I like that. Gorgeous, yeah. Marion um, was great. Nice seeing Marion. Looking more and more like my Auntie Pat. So there you go. Um, wonderful, good, nice, cool back to the kissing. The weird choice for the hat gag at the very end uh, with the little circles. Okay, well, fine. But generally, nice, nice seeing her, liked her contribution. According to Karen Allen, she was old. She was going to have a much, much larger role in the film when they got the script, read it, kept expecting all the way through to pop up and then write a bit and they're right, thanks a lot. Would that film be better if it was her instead of Phoebe Waller-Bridge? And a lot of the lines are just a little bit rewritten. Like, even you imagine that goddaughter interplay, you know, we're mildly related, blah, 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 used to be married, blah, 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 whatever, it, like, you know, just a bit of banter, I guess. You know, I guess they wanted to go with this gut punch of his son, you know, with poor old shit. Well, that, that's <laughs> great. I mean, I have to say that seems to be like a kind of a... <laughs> To, uh, to LeBou from, from all involved. But he's dead. He's fucking dead. Um, so, fine. Yeah. With that in mind, I'm just glad that they didn't make her the long-lost daughter. Uh, so thank God for that. Um, and But I like the whole... And you know, I mean, Phoebe came up with Wombat. That's got Phoebe dripping all over it. Wombat. But good stuff. Fine. Good. Fine. Um, just nice hearing how support say Wombat is, is good enough for me. Uh, I liked, by the way, just Paul Indy's character throughout how he was, where he was, you know, um, it works for me. Um, going on one last adventure, being, you know, being a bit beaten down, it's, it's okay. You know, it's not what I want to see for Indy because I want him to be happy. I mean, tell him this that worked. Um, Phoebe was annoying, but she did get better. Um, I, Again, I don't mind necessarily betraying Indian and setting him up to die, but then for her to remain smug, it's the smugness which I have the trouble really with. Really. But I, I don't mind her being actiony and jumping on motorbikes and stuff. Again, same about, same about the CGI. But I don't mind that aspect and her active action role, whilst not being like a Lara Croft type, I, I liked. So, so that worked for me personally. Again, the kid, short round, he ain't. But um, fine, good, nice, I'm happy with all of that. I wouldn't want to see a TV spin-off. But um, generally, fine. And I liked the ending, even though they forgot that he was still wanted for murder. So, yes. I totally well, forgot that he was still wanted for murder. That's actually just ridiculous because they'd make it such <laughs> a big deal in the first act. Um, yeah. I, yeah, so stupid. I think um, on uh, one thing just on the Phoebe whole thing, like the I, this is one of the biggest things I had to reconcile after the cinema. I'm just about over it and I'm okay with it. But, you know, the last bit of action that we will ever see Indiana Jones in, he gets punched out by Fleabag. Like, do you know what I mean? That's true. And, and that's that's okay. He's been shot. He's woozy. He's weak. He's beat through a lot. Yeah. 
I think it's okay. But it did annoy me a bit. It was the right yeah. choice. I'm glad he didn't get left in the past. Don't get me wrong. And but he, like... Yes, yes. And he and you know he woke up like ten hours later. I mean, he was out. Yeah. Um, whilst we're talking about that, for Indiana Jones in the in the deep past, when when what did you think about that? And also, when you knew that's where it was heading, because I didn't know any of this. I don't know if you did. So when it was obvious that they were going back in time, and they may go back to kill Hitler, but maybe they go somewhere else. The idea of Indy going back somewhere, and I didn't necessarily know where they were going to go to. I was intrigued, and I think I was happy, and almost maybe a little relieved when it was ancient past, so it wasn't like you know him eating out the bone or something. Um, but yeah, yeah that that I, I think I could, I think I'm okay with it. What what about you? I, I agree, Shep. So I'd read some fan. I did watch the trailers before, and so I'd read some fan theories that, like, you know, he goes back in time and he sacrifices himself and for the greater good, blah blah blah. And I was like, oh my god! And I had this fear they were going to do a Back to the Future two and go into all the other movies, and I was like, oh <laughs> no! I don't know. And so I was just mentally relieved, honestly. <laughs> I would watch that. So he pops up and like knocks out Monoran before we can like nickel those stones. Not this like time. Brother Carly ref. I did like that when he's climbing. Yes, like, yes. Brother Carly, you know. I cool. got tortured by voodoo. I love how Harrison Ford enunciates uh, and makes his robbery fake. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was I was mighty relieved of the overriding feeling, and I thought it was quite sweet in a way that the 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 knight at the end of um, the crusade is sweet. You know, this guy yeah. guarding it for thousands of years, whatever. You know, it's that thing. It's just it's indie, man. You're allowed a little yeah. bit of license at the end. I was fine with that, and you know, it was good. And I had a lump in my throat at the end when Marion was in there. I don't know why. Yeah. And if if like you've wished for and said many times on the pod ships, but that idea of many Nazi adventures, if this was the 10th movie, I'd feel, I think it would be four. I think it'd be a four-star caper. Right, right, I think right. I can't, I can't help but be, the resentment factor is sort of in there somewhere too for me. Right, like you betrayed me. Why didn't you just make like a new Indiana Jones film like once every three or four years yeah. throughout the 90s and into the 2000s? Yeah, it takes all you the heat off it. it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It plays like there has been twenty of them. It plays like that. Yeah, but it's uh... instead of making random hearts for God's sake, put down that Sabrina script, <laughs> Devil's Own. Just get to do random indies and get different directors. Get you know, find Spielberg wants off to do Amistad. You know, get a Zemeckis. Get a Cameron. Get you know, get um. A budding young Rodriguez, and uh, go for oh my it. God, yeah. Rodriguez would be amazing. Um. <laughs> and you know, and they're not, you know, and there is like you have to shoot within a certain framework of what has been established. You're not going to go John Woo hyper stylized, um, but you know, construct amazing action scenes. I would love that. You're right. It's it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, there was something else I wanted to mention at the end. I liked Mads as a villain, and he was had a light touch as well, which was great. Um, I liked the guy whose name I'm blanking on, but the guy from Narcos with the buck teeth. He was also in Logan, so he's a mangled. He was good, man. wasn't he? He's oh, great. He was such a good villain, such an unlikable villain. Yes, I liked him very much. I will say, I got the impression that the guy at the end on the plane when Indy and Lee bag are hanging off 
and the Nazi guy or whoever is standing with the gun, and then he's going to kill them, and Phoebe shoots him and dies, and then in the end, the parachuting they jump off. That seemed to me that that should have been Narcos guy, and why, who was also in The Predator, why um, that would have given him his own death, and it would have worked. It was odd they went down and together, it, wasn't it? It's, it's strange that they obviously made the choice, because I'm sure it was meant to be him, and then they both went down together, which, you know, it works for Kamal Khan, but I don't know if every, ba- you know, a baddie crashing his plane isn't the most satisfying of deaths, and again, especially in an indie film, it doesn't have to be supernatural, but it is a bit, uh, um, I will also, so for them to kill Mads that way is kind of like anticlimactic, for them to kill both of the main villains that way is also doubly, you might say. Uh, I will say, all I wanted was a sweet distraction, but also all I wanted was in that moment when the two Nazis, the real Nazi Mads and the Narcos new Nazi, they're in the plane and they're crashing down from the great height towards the ground. Uh, it seems obvious to have a Blues Brothers reference where Narcos turns to Mads and says, I've always loved you just as the plane blows up. Um, wasted opportunity. Mads <laughs> uh, must be furious. So, so that's my other takeaway. Um, but but there you go. I didn't have a problem with Indy being back in time. Uh, just to reiterate that, um, I I was fine with 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 it. Because, again, because it's not a time machine. It's a fissure in the earth, in the you know in the fabric of reality. So I can I can live with that. Um, was there anything else, Jimmy? I mean, the action sequences were very good. They were very witty. They did like Spielberg. They using you know like um like nice nice touches like the tuck tuck smacking the, the the bamboo or something that crashes round into someone else. Lots of that, which was very good stuff, which was absent from the ticker tape scene, but worked in that sequence. Um, so yes, anything else, Jimmy? No, I think we've covered it a bit for me, Sheps. Your your uh, nits have been very helpful, and I'm going to go on the record and say. It's my favourite one star in the franchise. Wow! <laughs> one star film of all time. I, I think um, those, are I, you, too, those probably, holes are I, too big. Those holes are too big. It's yeah, actually really I, I'm poor. Sure. The more you think about it, it's really poor. It's still got a lot of love though, but it's just. Yeah, I'm sure the four star was. was <laughs> four is ridiculous. Like, yeah, I'm sure you're right. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. I mean, it, it, this conversation has, maybe a verbalising, it has been the walking down Guildford High Street post. <laughs> you, I'm going to stick with three, though. I think there's enough in it to be a three. That's I will say... I, you, I think I've got to say. We crash our <laughs> a couple of choices that they made that I just want to mention. There was no Paramount logo turning into a mountain or something yeah. in this. It's Disney, but it still had the Paramount thing, so they could have done it. Uh, no dates given. You had to kind of, you were told at one point it was, I think, 44 at the beginning, or maybe 45, um, but it never came up on screen. And you had to sort of, you know, you were given, like, oh, you just, you just had the moon landing, so you know, you know where it was then. But you're never told. So that's interesting. And the red line bit, I don't know. It just looked, they just did it in a slightly different way. It was a bit wonky. Wasn't a huge fan of the red line. 
Mm. Um, oh, and also, um, now again, maybe I'm totally wrong, but the way I saw this, when he was back in time, he meets Archimedes, and Indy seems to recognise him on sight. Like, oh, look, it's Archimedes. And it's like, well, that <laughs> seems unlikely. Did someone say, oh, Archimedes, don't walk towards that strange alien man? And Indy heard it, Archimedes, I know that name. But I don't think someone said that. So I think he's like, hey, I recognise you. <laughs> Is that really? Um, so that yeah, was of all the places they could be. Yes. That's what I mean, and like... The world's a big place. Just on that beach. With a lot of the people. beach is a big place. There's a lot, there's a huge battle. So anyway, you got that. And yeah, if he's holding the dial of destiny, that means nothing. Um, also, I'm glad, though, they didn't go into a, a time loop situation where Archimedes invented it because he got given it from the future, which he invented. So, you know, it's one of those stupid paradoxes. I'm glad Fleabag actually said he still has to create it. So that's nice. Um, I didn't know anything about the plot really going in. So the scene where um, Mads says to Indy, see you in the past, Dr. Jones. I was suddenly like, oh, okay, it's going to be time travel. Oh, wow, okay. But then he doesn't see him in the past. He sees him like in about an hour's time. So it doesn't work at all. Um, so it was misleading and hackneyed, um, that line. <laughs> and someone just wanted him to say, see you in the past, Dr. Jones, because it sounds vaguely iconic. It doesn't work. Um, so there you go. Um, and that, I think, is everything that I was going to mention. Nice, Chefs. Nice. Do you think it definitely is the last one? Yes. Well, no, it's the last one with House and Ford. I think oh. that they will, you know, if after Ford has perhaps popped, which may be another 20 years, um, <laughs> or maybe they won't wait and maybe they'll do. Adventures. We'll see. We'll see when the whole um, when it becomes possible just to make a bunch of Indiana Jones films or Sean Connery James Bond films with you know with the technology. Oh, part of me really wants to see that. So, so we'll see. Scary, but yes, yeah, interesting. But yeah, but we'll see. Um, but in terms of this, I'm glad it exists. Style of Destiny. Um, it, it meant well, yes, uh, and, and it, it means that the indie saga uh, doesn't end on a real downer. And that trilogy will always exist as a trilogy, and it works very well. And it, yeah. nothing can diminish the strength of those three films, especially Raiders, of course, which remain one of the best ones ever made. So there you go. That's a lovely, ho hopeful, optimistic beat to end on, Sheps. Um, <laughs> well, that's. Lovely, I'm not going to kiss your elbows, so I don't know how else to end this pod. Uh, oh, I don't care where it hurts. I don't care where it hurts. It all hurts, Jimmy, when I'm away from you. <laughs> I don't know. It's not even a quote. <laughs> it's just a genuine sentiment. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at shoulderspod.com or shoulderspod at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.